Hello. Hey guys. <laughs> so, it's been a minute. Um, when this one's going out, I don't care what happens. I don't care what what is wrong with my audio for this. Um, this is going out. I just want to talk for a minute. So, with that being said, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Girl Outside the Box podcast, where your girl Joe here tells you about the crazy things in life, or at least in mine. And today I want to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, um, and something that has really affected me for a good majority of my life, uh, and that would be my bubbly and loud personality. And now, for anybody who knows me knows that my personality is just who I am. But it always, it hasn't always been that way. I have just only grown into my personality, I would say, in the past couple years. Um, and it's been hard for me to grow into that personality. And I say all this because some pretty cool stuff has happened because of my personality. Um, and I know that there are so many others that are like me who are too much, who are loud, and not even in terms of like voice level, but in the way that they present themselves, in the way that they dress, in the way that they, you know, walk into a room or command attention. And I've slowly discovered that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing narcissistic or it's there's nothing I should feel bad about. I've always been labeled as a kid who was quote unquote too much all of my life. Um and it could have been because growing up I didn't get the attention I needed as a child. And so maybe I started, you know, acting out in terms of, you know, wanting the attention and was just a loud person because of it. And I know that there's been a lot of stuff like that in my life because I remember, you know, in high school being not a miserable person, but the first way I would lash out was in anger. And it was just because I didn't get that, you know, necessary attention as a child. And so when people didn't give me attention, even though I was making straight A's or AB on a roll or if I was doing all these extracurriculars, like it, it hurt and I lashed out and, you know, not the, you know, I don't want this to come off as I was like a bratty kid because I wasn't, I wasn't a bratty kid. I wasn't a selfish person. I was just a hurt and damaged person. And now that I am selfish in terms of my own self-happiness, I just want to share some things that have happened along the way and share some things that have made me happy about who I am and have really just made my world a happier place because I'm in it and because I'm unapologetically myself and I'm unapologetically this big energy and I do demand that that is respected now. I'm not just somebody to take as a joke because I'm often, you know, the loud, funny friend or 
the loud fat friend or, you know, the loud friend with childhood trauma and abuse trauma and PTSD. All of this to say that, like, I grew up pretty insecure about my personality. And it took a long time to feel like I didn't have to, to feel like people didn't think I was just the quirky friend. People actually thought of me as their friend. And now that I'm in college and now that I've kind of established something for myself, you know, I just want to talk about, you know, my journey to get here and how important it is for me to continue to be an advocate for this kind of stuff and to continue to be an advocate for um, childhood abuse survivors and childhood trauma survivors and PTSD survivors or, or people was, you know, people who have PTSD from trauma or, you know, stuff like that, because it happens to everyday people. And, you know, I don't want to be like the bearer of bad news, but a lot of parents are kind of shitty. And I think a lot of us know that our parents aren't the best, but it was kind of all we knew. And so it was kind of like, you know, well, kids have it worse than me. And that's definitely, you know, something to think about, you know, how people are less fortunate than a lot of us. But just because your childhood, you know, could have been worse doesn't mean that it wasn't already bad. Um, and so I just kind of want to kind of ramble <laughs> about how fucking stoked I am to be who I am. Let me elaborate. So, like I said, growing up, I didn't quite have the best home life. Um, I was raised, you know, from what I kind of remember, in a household that was just unhappy. And there was really no love in it. And so when my biological parents got divorced, it was an ugly divorce. Um, I, I've kind of mentioned it before. But from what I remember, it's it was just, it was nasty. My biological mom took us to go live with her, which left my biological father in like a spiral, which continued for a few years. Um, and it didn't help that he was still like very much in love with my biological mother. And so it just kind of didn't, it just fueled the fire that she had in her to just be evil and to just be a bitch. Um, and so I grew up being really defensive against them because it was just not a good home life. It wasn't a happy one. It wasn't a home anymore. It was a house with people. It was two separate houses with two separate people who had lost parts of themselves. Um, and the way that my biological mother found that missing piece of her was through drugs and alcohol. Um, and a lot of the drugs from what I remember were prescriptions that myself or her or anybody in our household had, um, to my knowledge at least. And then my biological father found that missing piece in other women. Um, and so he had multiple girlfriends and one really psychotic one. And now he's with a woman that's better for him. But, you know, it ended up losing our, we ended up losing our relationship over her. Um, because he's always taken to women more than his own children. Um, and so growing up, I just didn't really have really good figures in my life. They they both did nice things for me at some points in my life, but it was purely out of like bribery and 
what they wanted to get out of it. And they wanted to prove that they were good parents, even though like none of them had a fucking clue, like what they were doing to myself and my biological brother, who I don't even have contact with anymore. Um, I was just hurting all the time because I just, I knew I was different from the other kids. I knew that I didn't have the home that they had. I knew that I was the kid that everybody talked about because her parents were divorced. Her parents hit her, you know, because she didn't have a good family. I didn't have a good family. Um, I was just really deprived of that, like, nurturing love and just nourishment that you need as a child to grow and to learn how to be a good human. And I learned how to be a good person through learning what not to do from my biological parents. And yes, there are some times where I hear things and it, it snaps me back to scenarios that I was in when I was a child. And it's, it's incredibly hard to be an adult now and to know that it is abuse or that it is psychological warfare, essentially, and not be able to say a damn thing about it because it's not my place. I was just really defensive growing up. Anytime somebody had a problem with me, I took it to heart. And I still do. It's it's still a thing that I'm unlearning. Even now, 12 years later, um, it's, it's really hard to unlearn everything that you've ever been taught before. I, to people who weren't exactly the best role models for you to have as a child, especially when one was absent for a good majority of the time, for whatever reason it may be, and the other one was so consumed in the idea that they were a good parent that no matter what it took, they were going to prove that they were a good parent, even if it meant hurting their ch their child. Um, and so it was just really hard for me to feel like nothing was as drastic as it felt. I mean, growing up, if I was if I told my biological mother, the no, I got hit. Um, I would get slapped, spanked, um, even punched. Uh, and I mean, I've kind of talked in detail about that, so I won't go too in depth about that right now. But And so it just made me really defensive because I knew I couldn't do anything. I knew that she was the adult. And it. I thought that that's how you were supposed to treat your children. And I've learned that that's actually abuse. I've learned that that is like first-hand abuse, and that can leave long-lasting effects and create PTSD for people. And I have it. And for a long time, I felt like there was something wrong with me that, you know, my biological brother turned out fine. Why didn't I? You know, why was I the person who was defensive all the time? Then I realized he ran away from home. You know, like, he he's back with my biological mother from what I... I don't, I don't really know anything about them because I don't fucking care. But... It was just this thing of, I was just so defensive because I felt like there was something wrong with me that I couldn't blend in with this family. And it was because I had a good nature and I was a good person and they weren't. And so when I got in high school, I took everything to heart. And I remember there was a time where like my theater teacher and I got in like an argument about something and we turned into a screaming match. And I still remember that 
because I remember everybody looking at me like I was fucking crazy. Um, but it was because I was blatantly being disrespected because of the way that my personality was. And yeah, I probably shouldn't have screamed at my teacher. And yeah, my teacher probably shouldn't have screamed at me. And now it's kind of like a running joke, which I don't know if it should be, but you know, say la vie. Um, and now that teacher and I have a good relationship outside um, of teacher and student, it's more like, you know, friends at this point. Um, we see each other as people and not as like a student teacher relationship. But I took that to college too. I took that ready to butt heads no matter what, if it meant my, I don't know, my vanity, my safety, like that my body would be protected. And I don't mean that in like, I don't know what I mean that as, but not in like anybody would like, you know, like hurt my body, but you know, I, I was scared. I was a scared person. I grew up always running away or not being able to stand up for myself because I would literally get the shit beat out of me if I did. And when I got to college, you know, a lot of shit changed. Um, or really even before college, I should say, you know, when I moved in with my bylaw or excuse me, my adopted parents, Melissa and Everett, they never laid a hand on me because they're not shitty people. They're amazing people who nurtured me. And in the span of a year and a half that I lived with them, you know, while I finished high school, gave me so much love and all that like nurturing and nourishment that I needed that I didn't get as a child, I got in that short amount of time. And that is the difference between people who essentially have children for like sport, you know, just to, you know, have them and not really take care of them versus people who take care of their children and raise good people. And I will forever be thankful for that. And, you know, everything that they did really helped and really kind of raised me into the person I am. But it, you know, it took a while to unlearn a lot of those habits that I did take with me. I mean, there were times that Melissa and I would butt heads and it was solely because she was trying to be a mom to me. And I didn't know how to take that kind of, you know, word. I didn't know how to take that kind of talk or the type, the type of like, I don't want to say command. Cause it wasn't, you know, she didn't command or demand that I did things, but she was being my mom and she stood up for me. And so did Everett. And they gave me everything that I needed and never asked for a damn thing in return. Even when I butted heads with them, even when I would cry, even when I would get scared and defensive, even when I came in guns ablazing at them. And they never told me I was just like my biological mom. They never told me they wish I had never come to their house. They never did that. They took it and they sat down with me and they would say, hey, you can't do that. This is why and this is how we can fix it. And they are literally my angels. I love them so much. I, I'm just so happy that I get to call them mom and dad because they are. They are the parents who stood up for me and the parents who continue to be my parent, even when it's hard. They don't give up when it's hard. They don't give up when I contradict what they say. They don't give up when I have different opinions and they surely don't hit me for it. Now I'm kind of rambling, but that was kind of the point of this. But when I got to college, things changed and I kind of grew into my personality 
pretty much freshman year of college, even though COVID hit like a fucking rock. Um, it started with marching band. Um, I had this one percussion instructor who, it was kind of like his way or the highway, just a very hard, hard and harsh word that he used. Um, and his speech was very harsh and he was a demanding person. He, you're going to play it my way or you're not going to play it all. You're going to do it my way or nothing at all. And I sobbed multiple rehearsals because I, it, I was in this like weird state of where I knew it was a man talking to me, but I only heard it in my biological mom's voice. I only heard the yelling in her voice and I only heard the pain in her voice, the disappointment. And there were times where I couldn't even describe it. Just couldn't even describe how I was feeling to my friends around me, you know, like, and also like what kind of person wants to be friends with a fucking loser who's sobbing because they can't play a note, you know, like <laughs> I kind of laugh about it now, but it, it was really that instructor that kind of sparked me kind of standing up for myself, uh, as well as finally cutting off my biological mother a few months after um, that event took place. It was kind of like the light in the match, you know, the spark in the match. He was the spark. She was the match. Once I, you know, both of those situations collided, fire started. And uh, you know, now I have a better relationship with that percussion instructor, but it took, you know, a few pissed off conversations, a few times where I winning guns ablaze and ready to light his ass up and he was ready to light my ass up. And we talked like adults because that's what you do as an adult. You talk like an adult to adults and you don't belittle them. And that's when I realized that my voice meant something. And then I started talking about the abuse I suffered as a child and I started this podcast almost a year ago. Um, actually, I think it might have been a year ago now. I don't know. I probably should know. But anyway, um, and so I kind of continued that, you know, once that situation happened and once I kind of had enough of my biological mom's bullshit, I told her, frankly, what she needed to hear, whether she liked it or not. And I told her to stop contacting me she was texting me like every other week trying to find out what was going on with me what was going on with my school because of covid and what i was going to do if i was going to move back in with melissa and everett if i was going to stay at college and frankly it was none of her goddamn business the amount of pain she put me in the amount of hurt that she did to me doesn't mean shit doesn't mean she can do anything doesn't mean she has any word for me for me, to me, to put input on. She has no fucking say. And it really threw me in like a spiral. Um, I mean, there were weeks where I was like, do I try to mend this relationship or do I just leave it alone? And I kind of just thought about everything that happened to me in my life leading up and parts that I don't even fully remember until something random happens. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and that's what happens to, you know, people with trauma and people who have been abused, you know, they decide the slightest thing can really trigger just a memory and it's really painful for people. And I thought it was just something wrong with me, but I slowly learned in, in college and reading stuff and going, finally going to a therapist that it was because I was traumatized and I didn't really understand 
what kind of impact that was going to have on my personality um, until I started going to therapy. And my wonderful therapist, Taylor, I've talked about him before. He's a godsend, a gem. Him and I really just talked about my life and talked about my goals and really just kind of established that I needed to be in a flourishing environment to flourish. And then I started on the journey to find that environment. And when I knew that it wasn't going to be found, I created it. And by this time, I was already living with Austin. We were living with our friends, James and Austin's brother, Thomas. And I started to have more friends that were genuinely what I needed were genuine friends to me and not just people that I knew from high school or not just people that I knew from my major, but I had genuine friends. Um, I switched my major to something that I was truly passionate about and it didn't matter. So what if I don't, you know, I'm not successful right away. The money will come if I want it to come and if I need it to come. And that's all I can say about my choice to change my major. It's if I, I was happy and I am happy. and it was really kind of like the collection of all of those things that really kind of turned this switch in my head. And I've never apologized for myself since. I demand attention when I come into a room and it's not because, you know, I want heads to turn. It's literally because my voice is powerful. My voice is a booming voice. It is a big voice. It is a loud voice. And after being shoved into a little box for so long and was told to keep quiet and to shut up and that nobody really cared and that my voice wasn't going to do anything, once I finally realized my voice... <coughs> okay, sugar. I'm... <coughs> sugar! I'm... Ah! Sugar! Sugar! Hey! Hey! Hey. I'm dog-sitting. <laughs> so she's like, damn right, Joanna. Tell them how you feel. Hey, it's okay. Come here. Come here. Come here. Um, Luna's at home. I'm, I'm dog sitting for the week. So, hey, you're okay. But what? Hey. Ah! Ah! Can I? Can I not say what I wanted to say? Um, once I kind of realized that it was my life, and the boogeyman wasn't gonna come after me anymore. She doesn't even want me to say her name. Sugar said no. We don't say that woman's name in this house. Once I knew my biological mom couldn't do anything. Once I knew that I was my own person and they couldn't hurt me anymore. You know, that's when it, that's when it changed. It's when everything changed. And that's when I started embracing myself, embracing this voice of mine. I... Since then, I've done amazing things because I've spoken up for myself. I've had amazing opportunities. Um, I just, or I didn't just finish it, but it just got released uh, tomorrow, August 1st. Um, I was in a commercial. Um, I was an extra for the commercial for ECU, but it's really, um, I spoke up and I got the opportunity to be an extra in that commercial. And so that's really amazing. And I made really good connections with the two directors and the special effects artists that was there and the makeup artists that was there and the wardrobe people that were there. You know, I finished my first contract with summer theater that was going to, it really jump. It's going to jumpstart my career because I have a whole load of knowledge 
in my brain to learn about and I can really flesh that out and flourish with that. And I haven't said sorry for a damn thing I've done ever since. Um, and I think January or February of this year, um, I got in an argument with my biological father's wife and a few of her kids. Um, and my biological father blamed me for it when it really wasn't my fault. And I decided to remove myself from that relationship. I decided to take myself out of it because I've been his child for 20 years and he's only been in my life for maybe eight or 10 of them. Um, maybe 12 for lucky. Um, he's always been absent and it was either because of the women he was with or the situations that he placed himself in. And growing up, I felt extremely sorry for him, but I refuse to feel sorry for somebody who doesn't want to help themselves. Or if they do, it's purely for their gain and not for their children's gain. Um, so I refuse to be sorry about that. So once I finally, you know, kind of cut him out of my life and cut him out of the picture, I kind of realized that I had like the trifecta, you know, like this ultimate group of friends and my own family. You know, I had my wonderful grandma and my Bruce. He doesn't like be called my grandpa, but he's my Bruce. Um, I have my amazing friends from Drumline, even though I'm not a part of it anymore. I have amazing friends um, that I found at work uh, in my degree. And I have my amazing parents, my Melissa, my Everett. I have my amazing, you know, like almost like little siblings here in Greenville, you know. Austin's family has become my family. And we really, you know, have a great time together. And, you know, all of my adopted siblings that are Melissa and Everett's kids that, you know, love me like family. It's really what helped me flourish. And I know by now you're thinking like, okay, Joanna, what the fuck is the point of this? Okay, you've been talking for 25 minutes and 58 seconds. And what the fuck is the point? All of this to say, don't dull yourself down. I always thought I would need to contain myself to fit into my degree, to fit into the school I went to, to fit into the life I wanted. But I always envied the people who almost treated their life like they were the main character, you know? Who treated their lives like it was just them in the world. And not because they were, you know, narcissistic, but because they really valued their self. And I just, over time, just kind of realized, like, at, at the time, I was almost halfway through college, and I was still having a relationship with people who didn't care what happened to me. They didn't care enough to come visit me. They didn't care. And so if they, were, they weren't going to care, why was I going to care? And so I've cut off multiple relationships from high school and multiple relationships in my personal life because of it. And I've seen the drastic change in my voice, the drastic change in my body and everything that I do that's amazing. And I've had several achievements since then that I can only credit to myself because if it wasn't for, you know, finally creating this life that I'm so thankful for, I wouldn't have. Uh, one of them is I made the Dean's List this past semester, which was incredible for me because a year ago from that semester, I was on academic probation because I failed too many classes because of COVID. Um, I just wasn't grasping the concept. Um, but, you know, 
a lot of things happen when you change your major and actually do something that you're passionate about. I made the dean's list. Uh, I took 17 credit hours and I made all A's and made the dean's list. Um, that was an incredible accomplishment for me. And on top of that, I was juggling working almost 15 to 20 hours a week. I was, uh, you know, doing multiple productions at the school each year. And I was really just giving everything I had and hoping that something worked out. And it did. I've made incredible relationships and bonds and connections that are going to be crucial for me once I get out of college. And it's because I talk to people. It's because I go up to people with this loud voice of mine and I'd say, hey, what's up? What's your name? How can I get to know you? What can we do? And it's worked because I just recently applied for a, supervis a supervisor position at work. And I went into the interview myself. I went into it guns holstered, no aggression, no worry if I wasn't going to get it. I went into it completely 100% me. I didn't fake a professional like persona because I knew that wasn't going to be me if I got the job. I was myself. I was my bubbly, rambly, talk myself in circles self. I was my loud self. I was my giggly, happy, bubbly self. And that is what I've been praised for since that interview. Since that interview, I did find out I did get the job which is incredible. Um, and I had a follow-up meeting with my, um, my manager for that position. And they told me that it was because of my personality and because I was maybe not happy all the time, but I was bubbly and I was something that was needed. And I kind of cried. <laughs> um, growing up being told that you were too much for the world I was too much for people. I was too much for roles, for classes, for positions, for jobs, for a lot of things. I did too much. I, you know, didn't do enough, but I did too much. I was too emotional. I was too talkative. I was too, you know, rambly. All of that led to this. All of that will continue to lead to amazing things that I do because I refuse to water myself down for other people. Quite frankly, if you don't like the way that I am, you can choke. I'm not going to water myself down any longer. So, I raise a challenge to you guys, whoever gets this far in this um, you know, podcast episode, to challenge me. Raise yourself to that bar. Wear the funky outfit. Wear the zebra skirts with the lime green shirt and the purple shoes. Go out and get something absurd and wear it to class. Do something that's going to be 100% unconditionally you. That's all that fucking matters anyway. You're the main character. Be selfish. Take advantage of it. Your friends will love you regardless. Your partner, your parents will love you regardless because you're you. You are you. You are the best image and the best version of you when you are you. So I raise that challenge to you. I raise it to you a thousand percent. Um, yeah, I know it's been a long time, guys, and I'm 
not going to be apologizing for it. A lot of things have happened. So what? Say la vie. I have a lot of things going on too. Um, and maybe that's why there's a fire up my ass to get something out. I'm not sure, but I'm watering it and lending towards it. Thousand percent. And so with that said, um, if you've gotten this far, you know, the, the audio is going to be unedited because fuck it. Who needs an edit? You guys can see that I'm not perfect, but I want to be real with you guys. And I want to show everyone that it's okay not to be okay. Or if it's okay to be a hundred percent okay, be you, whatever you need. Uh, you know, we'll link all of our socials in the kind of description of Spotify uh, the Apple Music, and the YouTube. I'll also put our socials up there. I literally just said I would link them, whatever. Um, I'll also put, like, our TikTok. We've been kind of... I've been kind of popping off on our TikTok. Um, I'll put our Facebook. I don't really post up there anymore. I'll put the Twitch. I do it every now and again, but it's kind of just me playing House Flipper or Overwatch because I'm not in the beta for Overwatch 2 yet because I'm a dum-dum, <laughs> you know? Or if you just want to keep up with me on my personal socials, um, I can list those as well. Um, yeah, whatever you guys need, my DMs are always open. If you guys have questions or, you know, want to send me hate mail, I don't know, <laughs> whatever you guys are vibing with. But thank you guys for getting so far into this. And I know it's been a long time and I want to say, hopefully I'll get more out to you soon. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to hope for the best and that's all we can do right now. But yeah, guys, with that being said, I just want to remind everyone that you are needed and you are loved and no matter what never apologize for being you because that's all that matters and i just want to remind everyone once again that i'm not jack in the box i'm just a girl outside the box feels good to be back guys bye